Zach Galatinakis. You're listening to Cool Jazz Favorites. Hi, this is Zach Galatinakis. You're listening to Easy Listening Jazz Favorites. Okay. Hi, this is Zach Galatinakis. You're listening to KUCI Irvine 88.9. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening to Our Digital Future every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Except for last Thursday I was out of state in library school. And now we're talking to um, someone else that's in library school. Today's special guest on the line is Sarah Clothier, a library information seeker in science talks with us this morning on KCI 88.9 FM's Our Digital Future. Thanks for calling in, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Diva. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm glad we um, finally got you in. You're currently <laughs> a San Jose State Library Information Science student for your master's, correct? That's right, yeah. Getting my master's, finally. It's been a while since undergraduate, but What'd I you decided do? to go back to school. What did you do for undergraduate? I um, studied, well, I got my major in English from UC Berkeley. Um, and I did work at the library um, when I was at school there, but it didn't occur to me to be a librarian until, like, much, much later. And um, I, um, I ended up studying a lot of film, too, which is how I got to my job that I have now. But... Um, but yeah, English. English was my major. They have a beautiful library at Berkeley. Were you at the main one? Yes. Yes, I was very fortunate to be there. Yeah, and they have amazing archives at the Bancroft Library. It's really inspiring to be there. They have the Mark Twain papers, correct? I'm, I mean, I don't want to say yes because I don't know for sure. I didn't work in the archives, but I would not be surprised. <laughs> And you want to be a librarian specifically for English or film? You say you're into film as well. I'm sort of, I'm on an archives track right now. Um, I'm hoping to work in archives. But, um, I mean, the work, it seems like work is hard to come by at the moment, and I certainly wouldn't turn down a librarian position if it came up. Um, but I'm also really happy with what I'm doing now, which is cataloging for the American Film Institute. Uh, we have an online catalog of feature films and it requires a lot of research, um, and inform- collecting information and putting together records to basically preserve American films. And I totally love it and I would stay there indefinitely if I can. So, When did you start working there? It's been four years. Um, maybe five now, my goodness. And um, I just started as an assistant in the department, and um, I basically loved it, and my boss was very supportive of me. She was the one who initially suggested that I go to library school so I could sort of move ahead in the ranks there, and um, so that's what I did. So is your boss a librarian? She, yes, my, she's no longer uh, at the catalog. We have a new um, editor now named Bob Burchard. Uh, but 
but Pat Hansen, the former editor, uh, she was a librarian, but she also was a historian. She had a double degree, and she was very inspirational to me and helped to get me back into school. And how long till your program's finished for school? Well, at San Jose State, it's um, it's a completely um, distance learning program, and you can take as many or as few classes as you want. So I've been just taking one class a semester, except last summer I took two, which was absolutely crazy. But, you know, working full-time and um, going to school is very challenging, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> and now I have a little baby, and if I sound a little out of breath, it's because I'm bouncing him right now, so he doesn't scream. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank you. That's so, exciting. you know, balancing all of these things, schoolwork and baby. Um, I'm just taking one class a semester, so it's, it's taken me a little while to finish. I have about a year and a semester left, a year and like a summer session left. I'm yes. hoping to finish then, because um, I really, I really want to finish. It's been a long time. That's exciting work that you do, though, at the American Film Institute. That's a great location. Um, I've been there since January as an intern, and I really enjoy it. That's how I met you. Yeah, and, it's wonderful. We met up in the archives. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for archiving experience. Personally, I've never worked in an archive hands-on, just had the classes for it. So it's like, amazing to learn about what they have there. And you said you even wrote a paper on the archives there. I did, yeah. I um, For a time, I worked in the library and the archives at AFI, as well as in the catalog. And, um, yeah, I was I learned so much by being there. And, as a, you know, it's, it's really helpful to be going to school and working in the same field because you apply what you learn to your everyday life and what you see. And so it was a perfect opportunity to research um, archives and um, in particular uh, the Feldman collection although um, AFI does also have the Scorsese collection as you know and um, a few others but um, it's not really um, an academic institution it's a filmmaking institution so they, they don't you know actively collect um, but it, it was it's it's really, it's like a magical place. You go up to the archives and you're like, what will I find in here? Yeah, that's uh, how I feel every Friday and Saturday since I started in January. It's a great experience and I hope to apply it one day in a position even such as yours. Just working with film and research would be wonderful. We do an interesting thing at the catalog, which is film preservation without actually working with the film itself. We collect all of the information, the credits, cast and crew, um, and we write a detailed summary of what happens in the film and then uh, do historical research on the film and write a note that basically describes the, um, the story of the production of the film. And so, in essence, like, if a person can't see the film itself, like, the film disappears off the face of the earth, they can go to the AFI catalog at any time and be able to get a sense of what the film looked like and what went into making it. And um, I find that really exciting, particularly in light of, um, you know, your show and our, how the, 
um, how our society is becoming increasingly digitized and um, information is becoming accessible more and more online. And I, I love being a part of that. I think it's a great way to um, promote access. And um, I don't know. I, I, I love movies, too. So yeah, that that's true. But I wish... It, it, <laughs> we try to take a very academic approach and a very um, thorough approach because I know that there's a lot of other resources online like IMDb and Wikipedia that you can search uh, information about films, but ours um, ha- has been authoritative, you know, which means you can, um, you can reference it in a paper and, and things like that. So we do our best to make sure everything is completely credible and thoroughly researched. I wish my professors and my uh, film undergrad here at UCI would have mentioned it because it's such a great resource looking at it now, just trying to find films produced by Charles K. Feldman. It was so easy to see the details of all the films he's worked with and do my own research and see what I could see because some might not be so easily found to view right now. Yeah, the, um, we're really working hard to making creating a more accessible platform for the catalog. Right now you can go to AFI.com and click on the catalog link. Um, for many years it was subscri- membership only, so if you're an AFI member you had access, but otherwise you didn't. And now it's available for everybody. Um, it's just when you Google a film, it does not link up to the catalog, so it takes a little extra step. And right now, you know, most people when they want to information, they just Google it and that's a wonderful tool, but you don't get access to the catalog, and we want to change that. Um, it mainly had to do, I think, with some contracts that we had with ProQuest and other um, services that um, provided the catalog themselves, but that, that's changing now, and um, and pretty soon more and more people will be using the, the catalog, I hope. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's just so much detail and stuff that... I remember, like, for instance, I was looking at the record for The Big Sleep with uh-huh. Lauren Bacall, and I saw in, in the notes something that the professor shared in lecture with us, and I was like, wow, this is such, like, listening to the professor's lecture again, it is very academic, and the details there are very well written and organized, and I think any film and media student here listening at UC Irvine should check out AFI.com and go to the catalog. I highly recommend it for homework is a good source. Thanks. Yeah, we, we're currently building the record. We have records uh, for every American feature film released theatrically to pretty much through 2011, but we only have full records, meaning some reason notes for films, complete films through 73 and a good chunk of 74. So right now we're working really hard to fill out these kind of abbreviated records that have uh, credits and technical information about the film and give them more, fill them out, basically. And that's what's going on with us right now. So we've got a lot to do. <laughs> that's, a real, yeah, that's a fun place to work. It's like all films that you just, so you have to go to the archives for some of that information or look at the film itself. You said you don't work with the film itself, just the details. Well, we don't. We don't preserve the film as in, like, the literal film. We watch the film um, as many as we can. Some of these we can't find, but, you know, 
we watch as many as we can and write the summaries, and then we go to the Margaret Herrick Library, um, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Science Library, and they have production files for, I mean, almost every film uh, with clippings. They have the most amazing clippings collection. Um, for anybody who's interested in film, I highly recommend going to the Herrick Library. And um, so we go, go through the clipping files and find out, just look through articles that were published at the time that uh, the film was made. So contemporary articles, not things that were written afterwards. And those are the, those are the sources that we reference in the note. That would be a great library to work at as well. Yes, yes. I believe they may have an internship program there. I don't know for sure. I actually but applied and got a phone interview, but then n not anything further, so I'm happy to be at AFI. <laughs> <laughs> but I did apply for a job. They had a movie poster catalog. Or yes, I remember a <laughs> job came up. It said part-time, but uh, just to work in um, such a great environment, I would be happy. It's hard to get work there. Jobs open up very rarely. I think people are pretty happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. It's a good location for us here in Southern California. I think we're very fortunate for our environment yeah. and opportunities. You know, going to Illinois, I didn't realize that this state isn't necessarily favored. Huh. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I was born and raised in Southern California, so I'm used uh -huh. to it. But out of state, they think all we do is go to Disneyland and <laughs> live in Hollywood. How, what are the libraries like in Chicago? I mean, have you been doing research out there? And, well, their uh, public library is great. It's really wonderful architecture, huge, like, historic building in the middle oh. of downtown by the subways and everything. It's a very nice, busy city. And then um, my campus is very historic uh, as well, three hours south at the city of Champaign-Urbana. The University of Illinois is just wonderful architecture and libraries, all, all kinds, is engineering and Maine and undergrad art. We got to see the collections in our information sources and arts and humanities class. We went to the music library, the art library, and looked at all the reference book collections and print there that you can't get online, which is what, what's interesting is we are moving more digital and digital every day in our libraries and archives, but there are some things that just won't anytime soon be available on the internet. They're still only print, and they're yeah. really great reference detail. You know, before there was the internet, everything was print, and so there's so much out there I didn't even realize. You know, music reference books, like indexed by phrases and crazy mm. fun stuff, and different languages too, so sometimes that's all you have is a different language book. You need to put it, like scan it in and put it in Google Translate to even know what they're saying. I hear a lot of people saying lately there's no future for libraries and everything's going to be online, so why have them? And um, I find that just so, well, scary and, and sad because there's something you can't capture even when digitized. And obviously there, there are things that can never be digitized. There's way too much to ever put online. And then what is digitized may not be readable. and. 20 years or more and technologies change and one really beautiful thing I've noticed about my son who's four months old he um, I've been reading to him a lot and he 
just instinctively wants to turn the pages of the books I'm reading. Aww. And I, it made me think that there may be something just very human about needing this tactile um, interaction with our information and the things that we read. And he just wants to hold the pages. <laughs> and he doesn't even know what I'm saying or what the book is about. So I just found that so hopeful that you know, that this is so important to have real books and real libraries and places yeah. that you can go to to interact with with information sources, whether they're books or even, you know, notes or what letters or photos. Photos, objects. Correspondences. So, yeah. To see the written the handwriting on the page or um you know, the way the, the corner of a page is ripped or coffee stained. It says so much, and um, we should keep these things alive. Maybe, like, archi- uh, libraries are just going to turn into archives because it's going to be, like, everything will be rare and out of print. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A rare um, a paperback. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like the dinosaur, but I mean, I, I hope not. I mean, there's still all the bookstores out there. There's doing well yeah well I mean so many are closing down and I don't know too much about bookstores but I keep staying boarded at bookstores oh no well there's you know people have coffee tables they need a coffee table book I can't imagine like a coffee table kindle or ebook or something that's absolutely true yeah and there's something will never die I mean, every house needs bookshelves. I think it's wonderful to fill it up with books you're interested in, like film books and yeah, fun. Or also just to... I've been really into giving away my books lately because I just want to... I just want to kind of interchange with the world. So I give my books away and I take them out from the library and I just don't hold on to them too long and I always know I can go back and find them if I ever need them or I want to remember something, but the idea of possession has been um, troubling me lately. <laughs> oh, that's true, too, because, yeah, I barely um, purchase anything on my own, even DVDs, really, because I just go to the library and borrow them. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, there's They're a good really collection beautiful. at AFI, so when I'm there weekly, I always bring something back. Yeah, that's another great about working there is the DVD collection. And right. what class are you in now for library school? I'm doing an independent study, thank goodness, because I don't know how I'd be turning in homework weekly at the moment or taking tests. So I um, proposed an independent study about the um, history of archives in ancient Greece. And I'm planning um, a trip to Greece. Perhaps um, my um, my baby's dad has family nearby, so we were thinking about uh, organizing a trip there. And so I'm doing preliminary research about historical sites where archives stood and how they developed um, in the ancient world. Um, and my goal is to put together an informational website about um, the history of uh, Greek archives and then fill it up with 
pictures and interviews and experiences from visiting them in person. Oh wow, I bet there's a, like a rich rich collection over there. Yeah, I mean, for for ancient times it, it seems like well, the idea of archives was quite different back then. Um, and so much has happened in the meantime, you know, to basically destroy what was collected. Um, so it's going to be, I don't, I'm not sure yet if it's going to be a, more like a museum tour um, or a site of like archaeological sites. But, um, but I, I, what I, what I'm really enjoying is learning how information was perceived, like what was important and what what society felt at the time they needed to um, preserve for the future. And it was not unlike the way that we have archives today. Um, so I'm trying to create a, a connection between then and now and see what we've retained. Well, that's very interesting to see you know, archives overseas. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, when I was in Paris last year, I went to the archives in Paris, which, of course, is, you know, the grandfather of our archives here. <laughs> um, we wouldn't have pretty much our philosophy or understanding of archives without the French, and um, they were having all sorts of problems with their government, um, losing funding, and there were lots of demonstrators outside <laughs> and people trying to protect the archives from being basically dismantled in many ways. We're dealing with that here too, lack of funding, lack of appreciation. Wow, yeah, that's what I try to do with this radio show is let the community know what's so important about libraries, museums, and archives. It's just something that we don't want to stop the funding for. It's very important for society, I believe, the free information and the resources available. It's amazing. Um, I just can't imagine how it would make sense for any community, society, government to not collect information about itself and have professionals doing that. <laughs> can't, especially now with the amount of the infinite amount of sources online. How are, how are we going to collect all that information? How are we going to preserve it? How are we going to know about what's happening now and what happened before us without having people who really know what they're doing um, organize it? And um, But it, it seems like a worldwide phenomenon where now that things are so readily available and so easy to access, that appreciation for the the technical part, like the handiwork of figuring out a system of keeping it, of organizing it, of of making it useful for the future, that that seems to have faded away because it seems so immediate. You just Google something and there it is and you know, it, the understanding of of how that information lives is a completely different story. Yeah, information architects are needed and every corporation, every any entity has to maintain their information in some way. You can't have Google do everything for you. Yeah. Which is and it's dangerous. 
it's so dangerous because what you can find out truth or somebody's truth about pretty much anything and you can never really find out like you know obviously you have to look to the source but it's it's very confusing <laughs> like um you know if you're sick and you look up your your the the, the ailments that you're experiencing you can either think that nothing's wrong or you're going to die in 24 hours <laughs> it's really it's dangerous to to not think critically about the things that are provided on the internet and that's another another really fundamental purpose for archivists librarians and information scientists to help people filter through and and really think critically about what they are learning that's one that brings me to one of my favorite words infobesity <laughs> I haven't heard that one we, we learned that I think our first uh, semester with it that's just a great word infobesity to describe you know the, the abundance of information but not necessarily the good kind so it's all you take everything with a grain of salt just because you see it on the internet you know I mean Wikipedia anyone can edit right so I, I love that you guys are doing at the American Film Institute catalog thanks that's something I feel really proud of is um, the fact that we do provide an alternative to the sources that are so readily available because um, those things aren't particularly credible, but they can be helpful, but um, you certainly cannot reference them. You can't really know where the information is coming from. You can check their sources, but um, it's, it's, I think, a lot more people are beginning to realize the difference and that's that's so important and everyone we're listening to Sarah Clothier who's a San Jose State Library Information Science grad student as well as a full-time um, employee at the American Film Institute working on the film catalog for all the feature films of America. That's such a great project and I'm so happy to have you share your information with our listeners. You're also a new mother. You said your son's four months old now? He's four months. Yeah, I just went back to work full time a month ago and it's definitely hard to be away from him. But you can do it all. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm not probably not doing it as well as you know, when you have so many things going on, it's it's hard to be really, really good at one thing. But I'm definitely trying to make space for school and work and my family at the moment. And it's really a challenge, I have to say. But I'm, I feel so blessed and really, really lucky to have a healthy baby and a job that I really love. Oh, yeah. And congratulations on reading to your newborn um every day that's a really great thing for everyone to do i'm in storytelling class right now and it's really fun yeah it's really fun getting to read out loud to the class in person and on the microphone headset via the internet it's um our third story is coming up and i'm always reading for uh scary stories to tell in the dark Ooh, i'd love to know about those 
Oh, good. Yeah, they recommend it uh, for fourth graders and up, but, you know, everyone loves a scary story. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been reading Luca, my son, you know, he, he's too young to really, and maybe he does understand, but I don't know, but I, I read him Treasure Island, and I'm reading him Call of the Wild right now, so I, they're a little bit advanced for him. And then, you know, there's, like, card um, board books, and it, there's an infinite amount of, of stuff that you can provide. I mean, even if you're just reading your school books out loud to them, they hear your voice, and they get familiar with this wonderful idea of of the book and, and learning. And I, I, I actually have come to be even more um, grateful of my... Um, my education now that I have him. Oh, definitely. And um, our show is up, but I really want to thank Sarah for calling in and sharing your information and the library information sciences today. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I look forward to seeing you back at the American Film Institute. Okay. For anyone who's interested in the catalog, go to AFI.com. Oh, definitely, AFI.com, and have a good day. Thanks, you too, Ziva. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. So that ends our show for this week, Our Digital Future, 8.30 to 9 a.m. Today we had Sarah Clothier call in from the American Film Institute catalog where you can check out full American feature film summaries and production notes and great professional information there to reference in your film papers, students. So stay tuned for an hour of great public affairs programming here on KCI with Dan Crane's Nonprofits for Us, where the world of nonprofit organizations is discussed. Stay tuned for more great programming.